Yo, man. Boo, Miss Rusty. Boo, Miss Rusty. I'm going to get that. I, I'm really, I think I got to change my levels just so I can say boom as loud as I want without it clipping. But one day it will happen. Uh, welcome to the public access podcast. I had to think which podcast I'm doing here, but uh, yeah, this is the one that I do a lot. So uh, welcome to the public access podcast. I'm your host, Rusty, on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGBN, and it is, shoot, Wednesday? I'm going to go with Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. This is my first uh, podcast for the day, so. Uh, I'm going to bring out my special guest right now because that's what we're doing. We're going to get right into it right here, right now. Kelsey McCullough, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I may be a little scatterbrained today. I uh, I think I threw out my back. So I've been, uh, yeah, I've I've taken some medication that may make me kind of loopy. So I don't know okay. how this is going to turn out. All so, right. but yeah, so, um, yeah, I so, saw, okay. So I found you on, on the Facebooks, uh, as, as people do, you know, the, uh, yes. Facebook as, as they do, but you were telling me that you're not, uh, you're not really into much else on the internet. Is that, no. is that a fair statement? It is a fair statement. My life is crazy with kids and homework and dropping, you know, being the taxi driver. And I just find myself aimlessly scrolling. I don't have time for that. I have stuff to do, <laughs> you know. So I tried to, you know, put the phone down, pay attention to what's going on instead of worrying about what I can't control. <laughs> yeah, it's real easy to do that. It's uh, really yeah. easy to do both, actually. It's real easy to get into the habit of just scrolling through all that stuff. That's, yeah, not going to really matter anyway what it does or, uh, you know, life, life is still going to go on the same as it does on the internet. Um, and life isn't the internet. Life isn't social media. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know what one day like that was the second thing that I'm going to go and get someone to help me with. Um, the first one was like, you know, getting stuff up on the internet and editing it. And uh, second is social media because, or any of that other stuff. I just, I don't know. It's not, it's, uh, there's so many and I don't know. I don't. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? All right. I'm doing is just showing what, you know, what shows I'm doing or what shows I'm on or whatever. And that's really about it. You know, mm -hmm. I don't need to do anything else. But so um, you said you're do you, taxi driver. Do you mean that literally or do you mean that is you're, you're <laughs> driving the kids around? And yes. OK. All right. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's going to take up plenty of time. And there's a lot of people who are parents who do spend a lot of time on their phones. And mm -hmm. it's very evident uh, when watching 
we're looking at social media, a lot of people with with kids just constantly posting and constantly commenting and liking on everyone's stuff or, you know, taking, uh, uh, you know, influencer photos or, or whatever it may be. Uh, there's just a lot lost. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's real easy to get that way. It's real easy to just fall into that rabbit hole. And mm -hmm. especially with so much quick positive reinforcement with it. Just you get right. that, you know, serotonin or dopamine or whatever it may be, just for that quick little bit. And then you're just trying to, you're uh, chasing the dragon, trying to get that, yes. get that fix again. And yes. And then when you have kids, that are that don't under you know they want that they want to see that stupid video or that annoying song or whatever if they see you on the phone 24 7 then they automatically think oh that's what i'm supposed to do and right. i'm trying to remind my kids like hey we're going to be kids you have all this time to be a teenager preteen in your 20s do whatever you want but right now let's go fish let's go pick flowers let's go play let's go do things not stare at our screens you know yeah i mean it's real easy and they're gonna learn it eventually i mean it's mm -hmm. it's all around them all their friends are doing it not all their friends but i assume a fair amount of their friends right. and um yeah. and i mean in school they're you know everyone has a a laptop and mm -hmm. um which is bizarre uh but that's i, I, mean, that's, yeah. I mean yeah i i couldn't imagine that i i just like right now i'm thinking about my back and just you know how nice it would be just to carry a laptop you don't have these huge textbooks then you have to have a, a big uh three ring binder at least one three ring binder and you know you're, you're walking like this and mm -hmm. and back in our day it was cool to go and have it so it like hung down sort of over your ass mm -hmm. and uh which is terrible for your back too and uh um, right but that was that was the style then. So, um, but yeah, now they just get to carry around just a laptop, and that's it. And, mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, so they're so you okay? So your kids, you take them fishing. Uh, what was you're in Indiana? Was that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What what part of Indiana? Generally, um, around Indy, middle oh, okay. or so. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, it's uh so like what what kind of places are there to go? Uh is it like lakes, um, rivers, uh ponds? We, in our neighborhood we have a pond. So we just I mean we just walk two or three houses down, we're at the pond. So it works out great. There's a big dam and then there's a little bit of woods to where the kids like to go. They're eight, nine, and twelve. So they like to go explore and they think it's fun and and I can see them, I can hear them, everything's good. And I can fish, so I'm like, okay, this helps me out. This helps them out. And then when it's yeah. time for bed, they're all tired. They're they're ready to go to bed. You know, right? They haven't been staring at a screen all day and just right. You know, then they're you know like, well, I haven't done anything. My body's still, my body's tired right. from sitting here doing nothing, but it's not tired. Like I, I wore myself out running around and fishing, and yeah, and. I mean, even the thought of, you know, 
letting kids running through the woods is something that don't really hear anymore. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. that's what I did as a kid. I mean, it was, you know, it was, you know, be back for dinner at, you know, right. 5.30 or, you know, be back at five o'clock or um, that that was mm-hmm. it. That was it. And we yeah, would be out in the woods, you know, making forts and riding our bikes yep. through there and using I mean, your imagination. You don't right, have a yeah. phone to tell you what to do. You were like, okay, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's try this, you know, trial and error, making the things. Yeah. It's, a, it's a whole different generation now, <laughs> yeah. I feel like. Yeah. And we didn't have phones to figure out where we were either. Right. We'd get lost and it was okay. It's, mm-hmm. And it's uh, still like that, you know, getting lost, like it's okay to get lost. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to, there's not a lot of places where if you get lost, you're not going to be able to find your way unless you're, you're deep in the wilderness and yeah, something happens, you know, you're, you're in pretty good shape. You can figure it out. And um, yeah, yeah, people just get to rely on that and like, okay, well, yeah, my phone will get me out. And then, um, but so so your kids fish so then do you uh you catch the fish is it hook and release or are you yeah taking it home make not making dinner no. with uh with pond fish no i'm pretty sure this pond by our house has a runoff from the field next to it so there's chemicals and stuff so we just cut you know the kids are excited to catch how you know oh i caught three i caught two okay i'm gonna stay here and try and catch one more i, I need to you know be even with her i need more than him or whatever but no, it's just a catch and release kind of deal. That's pretty cool. That's that's a that's a fun day, and you know, yeah. Uh, and it's also a, a lost skill. There's not a lot of people that you know are able to fish now, which right, you know, can come in handy with a lot of things. If yes, yeah, if things happen, you know, mm-hmm. whoever knows how to fish is going to be pretty pretty valuable. So right, yeah, um, and then. So you're you're out. Uh, I mean, I guess yeah. There's still school going on, right? It's not mm-hmm. not summer yet. So they're not yet. Not yet. Um, so what what what's different in the summer? Do you, is that when you get to go out and do a lot of the fishing and the stuff of that yeah, nature? I just since I have the flexibility where I can work from home, I can go into the gym when I need to to clean up or to do whatever may need to be done. I'm able to take the kids. This will be the first summer to where when, you know, it's summer break, we can go to the state parks. We can go fishing. We can go camping. We can take a day and go look around at the flea markets or, you know, take the kids to the park if they want to go and play. I would much rather be that taxi driver who's taking them to go do things versus uh, put them on a phone or a tablet and use that as a babysitter all day. You know, right. I much would rather, I mean, I've always been that way, but especially once I got out of the hospital, I was like, we have to live our lives. You know, we have to be and do, and it's not, it shouldn't be in front of a screen. Yeah. What What were you in the hospital for? Um, I had a massive stroke last year in May. Oh, what, yeah. what, what happened? What? Um, so, so I have multiple sclerosis and I've had that since 2019. And, um, 
May 4th, I was feeling kind of funny. So I was on my way to the ER and I felt like I was going to get sick. So I pulled over and they think there must have been some, a spot of some sort in my brain. Um, and it didn't look like, um, you know, your atypical stroke, like, oh yeah, she's having a stroke, but it also didn't look like an MS flare up. So they were like, well, we're not sure if it's a flare up or a stroke. So we're not oh. sure what we're going to do, but we're going to put her in the ICU. They put me on a ventilator for nine days because all of my throat muscles stopped working. So they didn't want me to choke in my sleep Whoa. or during the day. And, um, so then when I came off of the ventilator in the ICU, I was paralyzed on my, the entire left side of my body, um, for about six and a half weeks. I had to relearn how to walk, talk, eat, breathe, uh, be able to speak and breathe at the same time, which when we have kids, we don't teach them. Okay. Here's how you breathe and talk. So that was, there's some new things for me. Um, right. but I would say probably six months after I got out of the hospital, I, you can't tell that anything ever happened. Uh, you're younger than me. I, I take it. Uh, I mean, so yeah, it's pretty uncommon right, to, for, cause I had a, a buddy and he, he had a stroke, maybe he probably would have been close to 30 then somewhere around mm -hmm. there, I bet. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just not something you really hear too often. So, and I mean, so, I mean, what was going on? Like, did your life just, was it just stopped? And then that was everything you were doing was just, you know, working on getting better or were you still having to, uh, you know, um, you know, take on a lot of responsibilities at home? Was that still... Um, no, my husband, my kids went, um, we're like a blended family. So thankfully they were able to go stay with their other family. So we oh, were okay. able to really just focus on, and it had happened to be summertime. So it worked out to where they weren't missing school. There was no problem with any of that. So they got to go enjoy their summer, have fun, not really worry. I mean, I'm sure they worried, but not, you know, they're not sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, is mom going to be okay? Is mom going to be okay? Um, so they were able to go. So I was able to come home, take the time that I needed to. They put me, um, after I came off of the ventilator and went out of the ICU after about a week and a half, I went into an in-home rehab center where I had to stay at the hospital because I couldn't walk. So they were, you know, every day I would get up, I would do an hour of PT, an hour of OT, an hour of speech and kind of work on those skills. And in the beginning when things weren't working the way that they were you know i mean everybody's body is different so some people can have a stroke and it looks different than someone else who had a stroke you know right. so they weren't sure at the time if i they told my husband they said we don't know if she's going to have to go to a nursing home and can like you know when we're done here put her in a nursing home to continue her to get better or if she will just get better on her own it's it's hard to tell um so Thankfully, I did not have to go to a nursing home. Um, my normal original discharge date was my discharge date. I did have to come home with a wheelchair and a walker. Those are my only means of really getting around um, for a little bit. But over time, more PT, 
you know, I would practice um, in my neighborhood. We we just lived two doors down from the corner. So I would just practice with my daughter or my sister. My whole family was coming. You know, there was they were taking rotation turns, basically, because my family lives in Missouri and I live in Indiana. So oh, okay. they were they were kind of, you know, mom and dad would come here, then they would go home, sister would come back. And so I would walk just two driveways away back and forth every day just to try and you know i'm walking and sooner or later i was able to kind of make it halfway to the cul-de-sac and somebody have to wheel me back home and i would do that for a few more days and then i would try okay let me get one more mailbox passed just let me get a little bit further a little bit further and before i knew it i was walking the whole circle with the wheelchair or with the walker you know and then slowly i was starting to make moves without any device you know so when I left the hospital, though, on June 15th, they said, it'll be a year before you can walk without any device. And I was walking on my own within three months of that. Oh. So I, you know, the my neurologist still to this day, a year later, is like, I don't know what to call it. I would call it a one in a million. And I said, well, can't you like make me win the lottery or something to be a one in a million? I would much rather have that than... Right have gone through all this but i guess you can't pick what wow. you get you know <laughs> yeah and then and then so you said that you had the stroke in the summer so i mean um you know being in the midwest uh trying to walk outside in the summer uh or in the winter is uh can right. be a bit of a challenge um yeah i i lived in minnesota for a little bit and um you know, but then there was, you know, places to walk. You can go to, you know, walk around the the mall or something or with all the old people. And um, I was doing that during rehab, uh, rehab my knee and my back and, you know, just going and getting there, doing laps with them. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's got to be nice to be able to go outside and yes. get get that and be able to walk and not have to worry about you know, have, having to stay in because of the weather. Um, right. Yeah. Um, so side note. So uh, this last, what was it? November, October, November, something like that. I uh, I drove through Indianapolis um, and well, I decided to stay there because they had, um, they had a gym there, which because I moved from Utah to Connecticut and they had a gym that we had from Utah and it was the last one in the country going east. So we oh, stopped wow. there. Yeah. Uh, which was cool. Cause then I, you know, got to, you know, get a, a hot tub time in and, mm. you know, the, the important stuff of the, the gym and uh, for me. And, um, but I did at the same night, I got to go to, uh, I went to Skyline Chili, and then I went to uh, the Waffle House right afterwards, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was interesting. Um, it was it was a fun time, though. I uh, I don't know. Do you have you ever gone to the Skyline Chili? Oh yeah. There? Oh yeah. What, what, what's your thoughts on Cincinnati Chili? I hear it's you know it's all over the board. Um, what I yeah, honestly I don't even know if I've had I mean other than Skyline chili I don't know if I have anything to base it on like I've never yeah. tried stuff from other places other 
I mean, I haven't really been to many states to say like, oh, well, this state has so much better chili or this state has so much better this. So I don't, I mean, it's good, okay. <laughs> you know, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So it's not like, uh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, because it's like when you tell people about it, it's like, well, that sounds pretty, pretty weird and gross. But uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I mean, I, I grew up with, I was, I was born in Cincinnati. And uh, so like I had a lot of uh, Cincinnati chili, like, you know, always been a thing. So it was cool getting to drive through there. But, um, and then there's another guy, there's a guy, Jonathan, uh, who I believe he's in some of those groups and he, uh, he lives in, he was homeless in Indianapolis for like a mm -hmm. decade. And, uh, wow. he's, yeah. So I, I've talked with him a little bit and, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it was, I don't know, like a, a lot of people like out there, like in Minnesota, it was crazy. There are people that were homeless year round and um, yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, yeah. And so, so in these groups, what, what got you to get into the group and uh, say, you know, I want to be a guest on podcast. What was it that you wanted to get out? or what was it i just feel like um well i'm actually writing a book about my experience <clears throat> because like you said it's not a very common thing that you ha have a 31 year old mother of two um just small hometown just randomly one day have a stroke it's not a normal occurrence and i just wanted i i was writing a book or i am writing a book um, and I asked a friend, I was like, how she's got a, she knows a lot of people. And I said, how do I go about getting on like these podcasts? I don't know how to like, I guess I don't know how to network myself. Like you have done for so many years to where, you know, so many people, she's like, Oh, I like join these Facebook groups. And I'm like, well, that's kind of easy. And so then I was like, anyone who wants to listen, I am an open book. I will tell you, um, you know, I believe that God gave me a second chance and I want to share that, whether that be people that need some faith and hope in their life, or if they're like, that's not for me, I just need to hear your encouragement of what you came through. That's fine too. I just, um, I've always been an open book. And since I went through all of this, I'm like, well, why stop now? <laughs> you know, right. why not? And so then you, so you started to write a book uh because you're an open book so you decided if i already have the book up i may as well start uh putting some ink and pen in that um yeah so i mean what was it that you were were you you know kind of thinking this for a while or you just were you taking a walk one day with uh walker you're you just you catch a fish or something you're like i'm gonna write a book was there some aha moment or was it <laughs> sort of a gradual I, I guess it was gradual I mean I I I kind of thought at first I'm like nobody's gonna read this book like I'm a 31 year old lady in the middle of Indian Nana like nobody cares but me you know I mean I may not be New York Times bestseller by the time I get done writing my book but 
you know, if there is somebody that is looking to encourage their daughter-in-law or their friend's sister or whatever, maybe they can find, you know, Google young adults having a stroke. And if my book pops up and they see like, oh my gosh, she made it and she did it and she's better. Like, wonder how she did it. What's her story? Then, you know, then, and I was like, I don't, I'm not an author. I don't write books. I don't, I don't know how to begin, what to do. So right now I'm just in the early stages of just, you know, documenting my, my husband and my family all had like a group chat when I was in the hospital about like, oh, she took 72 steps today. Oh, she's walking without a walker. You know, they're letting her go halfway down the hallway. Just, you know, putting every little detail that even if I don't really remember it, I have that documentation, which helps, um, you know, putting in their opinions and their thoughts that way, maybe it's a two for a deal. You know, they're getting my side of the story, but I'm sure that it was also traumatic for my husband to see me going through all of this. So getting the other side of the story, a parent who gets a call at one o'clock in the morning from across the state saying, Hey, we have to put your daughter on a ventilator. You know, that's, that's, not something that you hear of very often. So I, I just feel like if I can at least help one person feel like, okay, this, this isn't just a one-time deal. I, I'm the only odd one out of here. No, I'm also odd. (laughs) I also had that happen to me too, you know, that way people don't feel like just a loss in that moment. Cause that was when I first came off of that ventilator, I was, I mean, my brain is telling my body, you know, like move my finger and it wasn't moving. My, my brain was telling my ankle, like, let's, you know, flex your ankle, no movement. And I was like, oh my gosh, or, okay. Maybe medicine a couple of days later, still nothing. I couldn't even sit up on the side of the bed they had to hold me up because I was like a wet noodle flopping around like a fish. They had to hold me up. And I was like, I... I had just, before all this happened, I had just lost 80 pounds. I'm working out at the gym. I'm doing all the things correctly. And I can't move now. I can't, I'm, I'm paralyzed. Like, how was this okay? You know. Was, was that in a kind of a fast time of the amount, like you lost the 80 pounds? Was that in uh, like not a long period of time? It was probably over about a year and a half, two years, maybe that I had been working, you know, pretty diligently. I was going to kickboxing classes. I was weightlifting. I was doing, you know, hot cardio, trying to eat what I'm, or watch what I'm eating. Um, Because at that point, that's when I was starting to get into the personal trainer fitness aspect life that I was like, yeah, this is great. Um, And then that all went downhill when I went to the hospital and I, I woke up and I couldn't move and I was like you gotta be shitting me I just (laughs) I've worked my ass off and now I can't even I can't even sit my body up I have to use the little me on the hospital bed are you kidding me yeah (laughs) I was like this is a sick twisted joke (laughs) that's so my my friend that had that it was so almost the same thing like he uh lost uh bunch of weight yeah probably like a little over a year something like that and then I mean he was out walking jogging every day for a while mm-hmm. before then and he was I mean he wasn't doing that before he lost the weight but then 
he lost all the weight and started doing all this stuff and then right. had so i don't know if maybe there might be some correlation in that if that's something that hasn't been i mean that's two people that are around 30 um, right. who both had kind of similar stories yeah um, that is wow. that is interesting that makes me that makes me a little bit curious because you know i'm just I don't know. Call me a conspiracy theorist, but I, I mean, maybe if he's maybe these are the things that we're meant to do, and when we haven't been doing it and start doing it, it's like our body goes into shock, right? You know, for whatever the reason. I mean, because that is that is kind of strange that you hear two thirty-year-olds that have had a stroke after they've lost a lot of weight. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's not. That's just. I would be interested to see if if there are other people that have had similar situations while or with losing the weight or getting healthy changing your lifestyle what you're eating and stuff that is very interesting yeah um because yeah i mean like you were saying like if even one person can um you know benefit from it uh somehow either after they have a stroke or possibly some preventative care um to yeah, be able to maybe, you know, know that if like if there is a correlation between that to, you know, like kind of be aware of that and, you know, mm-hmm. be more cautious. But I'm not a doctor, far from it. Um <laughs> yeah. huh, I'm a guy with a podcast, uh, you know, sitting in my my room here in a chair. So uh it's it's not a doctor's office uh i yeah you know it's it's interesting um i mean then so much stuff with the with healthcare and then plus like with you you know being there uh i mean had it been a year later i mean with uh whatever i i don't want to say any of this stuff because anytime i talk about this then i i can't put it up on on youtube i can put it other places but if you start talking about that that word where people mm-hmm. were on the on the ventilators uh mm-hmm. you yes. know kind of kind of a deal and uh i mean you could have been in in that category and um and i mean the thing about the ventilators like it's I mean, so were you conscious through that or were you like sort of there or were you in a coma or? So for the first four days after I went into the hospital, they had me at the local hospital here in town, which is just bumps, broken or broken bone, you know, it's a little town. So they had to transfer me. So for those four days, I was blacked out. I don't remember anything. Um, so they transferred me to another hospital in Indy that is more equipped neurology wise. And that's where they said, you know, we're going to put you on the ventilator. And I also, I, I was coherent then, but I couldn't speak because none of my throat muscles worked, but they just kept saying, you know, we're going to have to put you, we think that it's best. And I just kept shaking my head. No, because of what we know of in the past and i'm like right these are when people are really close to dying and i sure shit i'm not getting ready to die i know people th- don't I come off not. the ventilator right you, you go on that's, the ventilator you're gonna die you're, you're going on there to die yes that's but, what I but thought. a and very high price death yes um, yes and uh, 
So that's when they had to call my mom and dad because, you know, they were like all these drugs that she's on, she might not be, they needed the guardianship at that time. Somebody to say like, yes, this is what would be best for her. So they put me on fentanyl when I was on it and they strapped me to the bed. Like they tied my hands down so that I couldn't pull the tube out of my throat. I vaguely remember seeing some friends that had come up to visit me. Um, I, I feel like I hallucinated a lot. I felt like my, there was one night that I felt like my son was in the hospital room with me. We were watching Star Wars and I kept like trying, I vaguely remember trying to like scoot over in the bed to like let him lay with me because I thought he was on the ventilator too. And I was like, am I breathing for him? Is it, or am I breathing for me? Like, I can't breathe for both of us. Like I have to, I, so, I mean, wow. bits and pieces. At one point, I thought that there were like students studying for their medical degrees in the closet up on top of the ceiling. I just some weird, weird things, you know, yeah. that looking back, I'm like, okay, that probably didn't happen. But at the time I was like, dude, this is crazy. <laughs> What's yeah. going on? You know? <laughs> so I do, oh. I guess, kind of remember it, but I don't. I don't know if I remember it or if it was the the fentanyl remembering it or what, but. Right. So, <laughs> uh, so then uh, how long did they have you on, on fentanyl then? How long did that hang around? I was probably on, I was on fentanyl for about nine or 10 days. And then how was it transitioning from I still wasn't able to talk for the first, I don't know, five or six days. I was communicating with my dad and my uh, then fiance with, they had given us, you know, like cards that had like letters on it. So you could point and spell things out because yep. I could see, but I just couldn't speak. I couldn't really hold my, my left, my left side of my body was completely paralyzed, but the right side, the only way I can really describe it was it was drunk. It would move but I didn't have control over the movement. You know, I didn't have precise, like, oh, I'm pointing to this. No, my hand would just go everywhere. Um, so I was, I was droggy for the first five or six days, I would say. I mean, the doctors would come in every morning, ask me who the president was, what's the date, you know, where am I? And I have some half of the time to be like, oh, it's Obama. And they're like, oh, well, she's not that far off yeah. or whatever. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, but just to make sure that I'm coherent and, and slowly but surely, um, you know, things started, they took the oxygen off. They took my feeding tube out of my nose. They started to, I don't know, I was hooked up to so many things. So slowly but surely things were starting to come away they were going away and so I was starting to get a little bit better which was a plus um and then they told me too they're like we're gonna have to probably put in a new like a feeding tube in your throat because we can't keep feeding you these protein shakes you need real nutrients and I was like the hell you are <laughs> I'm getting out of here okay <laughs> I'm going upstairs yeah. where it's in a I've heard it's comfier I don't know and so I don't know it was probably day I don't know, the second day that he had said, you know, we might have to do this with the feeding tube. And he's like, well, I think you're good to go out of here. And I was like, how many ICU patients do they see leave here? Probably not a lot. Yeah. You know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they want 
you know, they want, I mean, yeah, they, they want you out, but then they want you also to stay because, you know, longer you stay, the more, uh, and keeping those hospital beds full and their right. pockets full. And, um, but then, yeah, I mean, it's, um, so did you, uh, beforehand, did you have a, a will? Uh, like, no. uh, so yeah. So yeah. how was, I mean, was that, uh, a thing? Cause I mean, like when there's no specific guidelines in a situation like that, um, you know, it gets, it gets mm -hmm. tricky and like, uh, like my dad, it was kind of like that and he didn't have anything and it was just it was it was hard it was it was hard yeah. to you know because you don't know you don't know what exactly it is and so right so you I mean you had to sign over or whoever signed over guardianship for you and then so were they the ones that are making the calls then for you and or like what what she wants yes um for the most part the few attorneys that my dad talked to early on in the beginning when they were still kind of not sure what was going to happen, still on the ventilator, not sure when she's coming off, whatever. They said um, right now in the state that she's at, they haven't, you know, um, labeled me as not going to make it or possibly, you know, there's a really high chance she's not going to make it. So they said, let's wait a few days, see what happens. If she is still cognitive, if she is still able to guess and know, that is all that they need for my children. I mean, I don't have a lot of possessions and money and stuff. So, I, I mean, if I die, just make sure my plants go somewhere so they can live longer. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't have a yeah. lot. But the the few attorneys that he spoke to, because my dad was, you know, like I don't, I've never, I've never navigated through any of this situation. What do I do? And so he said, as long as she's able to shake her head, yes or no, when she comes off of the ventilator, she's fine for now. You don't have to worry about, you know, anything when it comes to with the kids or with the car or with the house or just, you know, just do what you need to do. And I mean, it might have been different had I had like a large lump sum of money or estates or something like that. But since I don't have a whole I mean I shouldn't say I don't have a whole lot but a lot of things that aren't you know just mine it's not it wasn't that big of a deal in the moment which was you know a blessing in disguise because nobody had to really worry about that right. they could just well, focus on me getting better but then as far as you know quality of life um like mm -hmm. if I mean that's something that you know like what what point is it when it's you know, there's not really much else we can do. Do we keep right. keep her on, you know, the ventilator and a feeding tube and she's not really there? Um, and, yeah. you know, just is, you know, not, not having that in place. I mean, that's like, I'm, for one thing, you know, one of the things, you know, I'm happy about that, that you didn't get to that yeah. point. Because, I mean, uh, I mean, that's something that's a tough decision and then you know and then and then if you do die then what do you do with with your body um right 
what you know what what was she went and like um i so at one point i went for a job interview at a at a funeral home and once i got the gist of it it was um it's it's hard because i mean it's like you have people coming in there like they walk in there and they say you know hey so and so my loved one is dead um what do i do and then mm -hmm. and then i would be <laughs> right uh and then you basically turn into a car salesman mm -hmm. and that's what it's all about it's all yeah. about just getting them in there and you have them like at their most vulnerable and it's just so easy to right. sell them on whatever and so um so i mean so since then since that has happened have you got some sort of will set up now mm -hmm. or yeah we decided that was probably the best just so that there are no questions if if something ever were to happen again and my husband and i i mean with ms I have to assume that sooner or later down the road, my body is going to start giving up. It just, it's inevitable. I mean, all of our bodies are going to break down, but with a disease like this, that is an ongoing thing. It's probably not going to get much better. You know, like I'm at my peak now, so I have to enjoy it while I can. That's why with my kids, I'm like, let's go do, let's go play. Let's go. Because there was a whole summer that I was wondering, will I ever get to do these things again? You know, they're worried about their phones and the tablets and the makeup and the, let's go play. Let's go be yeah. kids. I want to be a kid again. <laughs> Bless you. Um, and uh, so you. my husband and I have talked about what I would want if something were to happen to me and I were to die or I were to get in a situation where quality of life is questionable. And I said, if if that's not something that you think that you can handle, then I can put that for my dad to to do or my mom or my sister because they all have heard the same thing i'm like i don't want to be a vegetable i don't want a bunch of people standing around me at a nursing home every day i don't i don't yeah. want that if they think that there's no chance for me i'm out let me go yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I, but at this time that never crossed my mind like this isn't gonna i'm not gonna make it i was like look i might be limping out of here I might be wheeling out of here, but I'm getting out of the same hospital somehow, some way. Right. And yeah, so then, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's got to help, you know, having that, you know, positive mindset going in, mm -hmm. you know, uh, since, I mean, that's probably the biggest part of it. Um, you know, how, how strong is your mind during that stuff and your will? and yeah. um and so so back to the book back to that book mm -hmm. uh so when you're like writing or coming up with parts are you do you have like uh your phone you're writing stuff down on your phone or taking notes to have like a voice recorder or do you sit down on a computer do you have uh, a legal pad do you have a bunch of bar napkins um do you have a chisel <laughs> and a stone um i have right now just been typing up things i might just i'm actually i have um there's a local author here that i had talked to the um the kids librarian her husband he's published a handful of books and 
so I'm kind of asking him some questions. And so he referred me to a book about writing a book about your life from Amazon. I don't know, some book he bought me. So I'm in the middle of reading that book. So I've kind of put my book writing on hold. I think I have like 42 pages on whatever Google Doc or Google Sheets or whatever. I don't know what that would transcribe to for a book. But um, so I, I'm kind of, and I've never wrote a book. So I don't know, do I need to do this every single day? You need to write 14 more pages every day. Do you need to kind of take a breather? It's summertime. Let's go outside. Let's go play. You know. Um, but I know that I want to finish it and I don't know what the, I guess, I don't know how to write a book. I don't know. Do you type it? Do you write it on bar napkins? Do you legal pad it? I, I don't know. I'm just doing, you know, I'm a fast typer. So that works for me. Yeah. Well, so that's just what I've been doing. <clears throat> and so what's, I mean, what's the end story that you want to get to? Have you been in those 42 pages? Have you been able to get the story across? Or is it, and then you're just filling in the blanks or are you yeah. adding to things or is it like you wrote up to this date and then you got to keep going? In the beginning, I was writing about just what I could remember. And then I was like, okay, hey, let me call my sister. Hey, do you remember on this day what milestones I hit or what challenges I had? Or do you remember what mindset I was in? just so that I can get others perspective, because I think that that would help others. Like your friend that has had a stroke, his mom may read my book one day and be like, wow, I really relate to her mom. Or yeah. he may read it and be like, wow, okay, well that, you know, I'm glad that somebody else went through the same thing, or I'm not glad, but I'm yeah. glad I'm not alone. Right. You know, so I'm just, um, I've got big chunks and then I go back in usually and pay more attention to the detail who said what you know in this book that I'm reading about how to write a book about your life I, I'm kind of pulling little nuggets from that and trying to apply it to mine and um you know and then I am going to hopefully get it more in as chronological order as possible that way it's not like oh wow she was doing a lot of things when she couldn't even walk <laughs> you know that way people know we went in this whole order so I'm just trying to blast it out on the computer. And then when I'm done with that, go to that author man and say, here you go. Can you help me? <laughs> I don't know what to do from here. Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, yeah, because then it's, you know, revisions and, um, yeah, publishing. Like, I mean, revision, 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 get it back, mm -hmm. revision. And uh, so. Another thing was, um, so uh, there's like AI assisted writing or, you know, and chat GPT, have you seen any of that or like? No. <laughs> staying away from it totally. I, I, I don't know. I have never even, I've never even heard of it. Oh, okay. So uh, there's a lot of people writing books right now um, using it. It's basically i don't know it depends how authentic you want your book uh but it's very easy to put in what you have right now you know uh and then say like you know give me give me a detailed outline of this thing and it'll put out a detailed outline you know uh 
uh, add, you know, add on to this, you know, paragraph and, you know, make it have some catchy points to it and then, you know, pops it out. And um, I mean, like I've had one where it's, you know, I was like, I write a kid's book about not, uh, not pooping in the pool. And uh, and wrote, wrote it up, wrote it up, and I'm like making it funny, and uh, it was it was hilarious. And uh, <laughs> but I mean, I'm I don't know, I can't go. I'd feel bad turning that in because I only put in very small parts of what I wanted. But there's, I mean, the tools are out there, and um, I don't know. It can be used pretty well because I've all you know gone back and uh, you know took old jokes and you know give give me new punchlines for my jokes and um, and also like I, I put in my um, like my part that I was going to write for a book and so like I have the whole outline and then the first third of it done but then now i can just pop that in and if i want yeah. just have it expand on it a whole bunch and be done but it's been you know sitting in my possession for six years now with just yeah i haven't touched it <laughs> quite touched new. it since then so um yeah. yeah i mean i wouldn't say you have to you know do it every day but I mean, don't, don't do it when you don't want to do it and you're not feeling it, you know, it yeah. might not be best to force it unless you want to, but don't, you don't want to make it where you, you're despising writing about right. it. And, and I think that will, yeah, um, that'll show through in the, mm -hmm. in the book and the right. readers can pick up on that. And so, but I mean, yeah, being able to write is just, you just get it. And so um so then are you gonna would you be publishing it like self-publishing it on amazon or probably yeah, yeah. i just that way it's available and if it goes farther than that or if if this man or if somebody reads it and is like oh my gosh this is great you know or if they're yeah. like yeah maybe you should just stay on amazon perfect that works uh, too <laughs> yeah ain't nothing wrong with amazon no. amazon is doing the same thing um and the best part about it is that i most of it's print on demand and um so you're not having a garage full of your book uh right yeah i i had i had a an uncle write a book and he he, he let's just say he had a garage full of books for <laughs> for a long time and <laughs> yeah and so i mean with it being print on demand like it's only whoever is buying it and then you're not you don't have to do anything you just have to right. do it once and then it takes care of everything else for you um yeah yeah and i mean it's kind of nice that way like for uh for you know merch and t-shirts and all that stuff just having the, the print on demand where, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I used to, I mean, I used to do the, you know, uh, 
you know, iron on stuff for shirts and then, you know, or have someone do the screen, actual screen printing for me. And then, you know, then you're sitting with all these shirts and you have to, you know, make sure you have shirts for every size. And now it's just, you get it up there and then they can take what they want. If they want to get it and right. read it on their, their phone or their uh, your tablet or whatever, they can do that. Or they can go out and get the physical book. And mm -hmm. yeah, so. Um, okay. And so then, uh, so what do you, what, what are you going to do once you have your book and it's up wherever it's up for sale? What, what are you going to do with it? Like what's, what's the plan? It's up there. What do you do? Uh, just hope that people read it. You know, um, when I was at the hospital there, they had a bunch of books of um, patients that they had had, I guess, in the past that have wrote about their experience that some patients will ask to read them or will look at them or whatever, or that the nurses will read them on their downtime, which I don't know how they have downtime, but right. I mean, hey, that's, that's more people to see it. I, you know, like I said, even if, if I write this book and the only person that reads it is your friend that had a stroke. Yep. Great. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And I mean, that's one person that, you know, that's all you need. You need that one mm -hmm. person who who it goes and gets through to. And then that's right. That's worth writing the whole book. Yeah. No problem. Exactly. Um, do you have a title for it? Or is that I a, have a not. work in progress? It's still a work in progress. I mean, I don't even know if I've even thought about what I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it'll come. And then when it, when it gets there, it's there and you'll, you'll know yeah. it. Right. Um, yeah. And so have you uh, been going on other podcasts um, around this, even getting some? This one is my second one, but I do have probably five or six more lined up in the next month cool. or so. Yeah. Um, and then next week I have a photographer going to take some actual headshots. So I, I guess Ooh. I, I, I jumped the gun a little too soon signing up for all these podcasts and somebody's like, yeah, well, I'll just take a headshot and a bio real quick. That way I can add it in. And I'm like, I don't have either though. <laughs> so I was like, I need somebody to take some headshots. I guess I need to get professional with this. If I'm going to be a podcast guest. Are you you're gonna go to uh you're not going to Sears and uh doing the <laughs> the thing there? No, no, I'm going for more outdoorsy. Type, okay, so. yeah. Not not the one one of those no. uh yeah. Um, <laughs> Hands. Yeah, those that one. <laughs> no. It, it, it's uh, I don't know. It, watching uh watching pictures get taken it's it's a trip in itself um oh yeah it's it's weird uh but it's it's cool it's cool when it comes out especially when you know when people know yeah. what they're doing and you know right. you get yeah um but also now uh if you uh if you have enough pictures of yourself uh they have ai as well that can do it where you uh and give you like 300 different headshots for mm -hmm. 30 bucks if you have enough different pictures of yourself already which <laughs> uh which i didn't 
I guess I, I, I tried it and I don't have 10, uh, you know, they went like 10 pictures of basically, you know, a selfie or, or some picture close up. Like, I don't, I don't have, I don't think I have that. I don't think I have like <laughs> maybe, maybe two or three. And then, uh, but yeah, I mean, so there's, there's that too. If you, uh, if you want more with that, there's, uh, definitely stuff online. Um, and so, so if people want to get a hold of you, uh, to be, you know, caught up when they know your book comes out or they want to contact you and ask you questions, where are they going to do that? Um, they can get me on Facebook at Kelsey McCullough or how, I don't know what the handle would be from Facebook. I'll, I'll post that in the comments. So okay, check perfect. out the comments. It'll be in there. Um, and then also I have an email, Kelsey at chronichealthclub.com. They can send me an email. Um, I check that. I mean, that's my work email. So I check that all the time. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, I'll get that in there as well. And yeah, um, thanks so much for coming on and getting to uh, share your story. And uh, I hope, I hope there's not a lot of people who are listening who are in their 30s and had a stroke. But if you are, <laughs> you know, I hope you can get some get something good out of this. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And so well, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, you bet. And thank you, everyone listening, everyone there in the studio audience. Uh, been silent today. I haven't had too many zingers. There haven't been a lot of laughs in the 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 crowd today uh so they've been a little you know and plus yeah you know it's a little little uh yeah the crowd's a little light so uh you know <laughs> that's okay but yeah thank you everyone for listening and that is the show man and like subscribe and share and all that stuff i don't know do it do it do it <laughs>